0: Lesser Light by Matthew Draper, chapter eighteen. The further into the storm I went, the more I knew I had made the right decision. I did not have time to wait for the weather to clear. I already spent too long waiting for storms to clear in my own mind, and knew the time to make changes was now. My thick boots crushed snow into icy mush beneath my feet as I moved along the edge of the road, following the direction of the cars. Wheels span, spitting out mud and sloppy snow water. Pale lights shone through the cloud of snowflakes which filled my vision. Woolly bobble hat pulled down over my ears. I could hear my inner voice loudly. I was holding off the chanting words we used to repeat. Gabriel before me. Gabriel behind. Gabriel to my left side. Gabriel to my right. Gabriel, release into the day. Lesser light to rule the night. Just because I believed... We had been through the most exhilarating experiences at St. Michael's did not mean I trusted the source of those miracles. I was not hoping to launch G's new position as ruler of the day, but I knew I needed to link into the sense of power he had brought to me in Sheffield if I was going to keep moving, get to Edinburgh and stop Sebastian. So I battled against the chance in my head even as I attempted to grasp onto the solid thread in my mind which linked me with the ancient guardian of the moon or whatever he was. By the time I reached the train station in Macclesfield, my face was frozen, my hands shivering in my gloves, but under my coat I felt hot. I had walked for hours, sweating inside a huge coat. This snow track had not been a good idea, and the storm had only gotten worse as I walked, whipping more and more wildly around me. Shuddering through the sliding doors into the station, I pulled off my gloves with my teeth and struggled to find coins in my wallet to push through the slot into the vending machine, pressing a coffee out of it. The cup steamed. Hot liquid scalded my tongue. An employee in the ticket office judged me as I unbundled myself from my coat and stomped snow off my boots, slumping onto a bench and fiddling with my phone. Five missed calls from Rocco. I text him, at the station, and added, love you. All trains are delayed, the rail employee informed me as I attempted to purchase the fastest and earliest tickets to Edinburgh. He explained a train was still coming, which would take me as far as Stafford, on the cross-country towards Bournemouth, then I would have to take another train, West Midlands, towards Crewe. Getting off at Crewe, I would have to take an Avanti West towards Edinburgh Waverley, if it wasn't cancelled. There was still no guarantee I would get there by tonight. Too many delays on the journey. Is there nothing going to Manchester? Changing at Manchester Piccadilly onto the Trans Pennine Express would get me to Scotland with just one change. Tomorrow, tomorrow, the employee, who seemed as though he wished he were anywhere but here, kept reminding me this was supposed to be a short storm and to have blown over by tomorrow. He insisted normal service would resume by then. In my experience, storms do not just blow over, they stay with you. Maybe I could get to Manchester by coach or bus, If those weren't cancelled, I had to try. So I left the train station, dropping my coffee cup into the recycling bin on my way out. I pushed my freezing fingers back into the depths of my gloves. A short walk took me from the trains to the bus station, a long covered avenue filled with route maps and doors to various buses headed in different directions. I scanned the routes for something which would get me to Manchester this afternoon. A bus was leaving in five minutes. I hurried to an exit where a number of concerned-looking passengers were waiting to board, unsure if the journey would be going ahead. The driver was as frustrated as the passengers by the bus company not providing clear answers on whether it was safe to drive in the ongoing storm. I've not been stopped by the weather yet, she told us as we stepped up on board. Global warming is kicking all our asses. Shivering, I scanned my card on the contactless payment machine. Internal mechanisms screeched as the vehicle pulled away. I rested my head against the window, bones being shaken as we drove out of Macclesfield and toward the motorway, where cars inched along, wipers shifting swathes of snow from their windscreens. The heat of the bus pushed me into an uneasy sleep. My head dropped forward, as I lost my footing and fell towards the surface of the moon, caught in the gravity which pulls the tides. Gabriel's gnarly fingers reached out of the dunes of dust, gripping my neck, dragging me down. I woke up, jolting upright. It had gone dark while I napped. The bus driver announced we had made it to Manchester. She was done for the day. We clapped her for getting us to our destination. I got out and found myself swept by the wind into the nearest bus shelter. I knew I couldn't keep going at this rate, so I booked a hotel room near the train station. Twisting the taps to release a stream of hot water into the hotel bathtub, I called Rocco back. I know what you believe is important to you, he told me, but you can't put yourself in danger like that. He did not know the kind of danger I had already survived, and how strong I had become. Heated like a lobster from the bath, I sank into hotel sheets, and fell into a fitful sleep, full of stress-fuelled nightmares. Lesser Light is an online event. Head to lesserlight.blog to join in the comments section or share this story on Facebook, Twitter, Hive or your favourite social media platform. The Lesser Light paperback is available from lulu.com or other booksellers, or you can download the ebook now. But remember, no spoilers until New Year's Day. The story is fictional, but if the elements about trauma, cults or recovery have affected you, you can find helplines at lesserlight.blog.